you know, when we compare the parallels of the his happily ever after to her happily ever after, his is just being the bad guy. Hers is getting married. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. Stay fly. All that for All right. So we have the three, the two, and now the one. It's your man DJ Seiko Varna, and I have the infamous, the controversial. The I don't know what to say. You got the crumb snatcher <laughs> on with us tonight, and oh man, you gonna get me in trouble. So, from what I understand, you want to talk about Disney movies and hidden messages in Disney movies? Yeah, uh, not only Disney, but in cartoons as well. Uh, there was a lot of cartoons back in the day that had a lot of. Uh, innuendos in them. Okay. Okay. All right. So, well, um, I wanted to start with you know let's let's go with Ninja Turtles. If you look at the good guys versus the bad guys, so uh, the good guys were from the uh, European Renaissance: Raphael, Leonardo da Vinci, Mikey, Michelangelo, Donatello. You know, th- these were all people from the Renaissance. And if we look at the bad guys, you know, they had a 80s hip hop theme. The bad guy was Bebop. The other bad guy was Rocksteady. You know, when we did dealing with Bebop, that was Miles Davis. When we did dealing with Rocksteady, that was like the, um, what was that? You know, it, it, it was a group called the, the Rocksteady Rock. Crew. Yeah, the Rocksteady Crew. Right, right. So the bad guy is Rocksteady? You know, so when I was a child, it, it, it kind of eluded me. But as, you know, as an adult, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm seeing a thing. So, are you saying that it was a, it was a war between traditional, classical art and modern art, uh, traditional European-based art versus modern, indigenous, melanoid, African, whatever you want to say, based uh, urban-based art. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> even though the good guys were green, you know, they were clearly based off highly respected and accomplished Europeans of the um, the, the Renaissance age. And the bad guys had a clear hip hop early eighties, mid eighties uh, theme. Um, if I could point out. Another one, you know, when we looked at Thundercats, <laughs> that was a, a, a big one when it comes to a lot of occult hidden um, science in there. So, okay. okay. When we looked at, you know, the whole idea of Thundercats. So now with Thundercats, the um, the good guys was was the Thundercats, and it and it had a real strong. Uh, similarity to um, Superman. We know Superman planet had blew up, uh, Krypton, it blew up, and he came to America. Well, with Thundercats, their planet blew up, and they came to Third Earth. So, you know, because we, the, the Earth that we live on now is the third rock from the sun. So, um, they had lost their planet, and they go to somebody else's planet. Ooh, they were colonizers. Colonizers! <laughs> colonizers. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's a new twist on it. Okay, okay. Just like that you, makes sense. All right, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Just like you were saying, you brought up indigenous. So when we look at Mumra, 
Munra was indigenous. You know, he was, you know, Third Earth was his home. And when we look at Munra, Munra had a wide nose, uh, Munra had dark skin, and Munra was flooded with Egyptian regalia. Flooded. <laughs> the pyramid, the pyramid. Yeah. Yeah. So now Mumra was the bad guy because he was trying to protect Third Earth. Now, um, in addition to that, with Mumra, he was an avatar uh, of the spirits from the past. You know that you know a lot of people say today, "Oh, the ancestors are back." Well, what are they saying? They're saying that we are the avatars, and 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 the ancestors live through us. Same thing you saw with Mumra. The ancestors had lived through Munra. Ooh. <laughs> so you're saying that these guys that made these cartoons was so deep that, well, you're not necessarily saying that. You're just saying that it's just some interesting similarities between... Uh, right, right. You know, I did notice when I was a kid that he did wear a lot of African-inspired, you know, uh, Nubian and a comedic or a Egyptian inspired yes. attire. Um, wow, a lot of and 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 in terms of um, the Egyptian theme that they had. Remember that the uh, the lion's layer had uh, had oddly resembled the Sphinx. Yeah, it it, it really looked like the Sphinx. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mumra, he lived in a pyramid. He uh, slept in a sarcophagus. Uh, he channeled the energy of his ancestors, uh, and he was a protector. Um, what was another one? Now um, there were some bad guys who were kind of like minions under Mumra. Um, now there was uh, Jackalman, um, Slith or Slith, however you pronounce his name, and there was uh, there was a jackal. There was a vulture man. Mm-hmm. If we look at these uh, minions, they they were all um, African based animals. The jackal is indigenous to Africa. Ooh. The, uh, vulture was indigenous to Africa, um, and Slife uh, was a reptilian. I didn't I didn't mean to do anything. That's the, my wedding finger. Uh, he, he was a reptilian. Now, if you uh, go back and watch that cartoon, uh, the vulture man didn't talk to Mumra. The uh, the um, the jackal man didn't talk to Mumra. The only one who talked to Mumra was the reptilian. And you know um, when. You know, they're like, all right, Crumb, where are you going with this? When we look at the ancestors, they wore a serpent on their head. So uh, the the minion that was closest to, to um, Mumra was the reptilian. Um, what was another one? If I could uh, veer away from Thundercats just a tad bit, you know, because we, we did say that we want to talk about Disney. Um, Disney... With these movies, they had a real dark undertone. Now, we have to understand who inspired Walter Disney. Walt Disney is short for Walter Disney. Um, so who inspired Walter Disney? It was the Brothers Grimm. Hmm. The Brothers Grimm were these uh, two uh, uh, German-European dudes. They didn't write the stories. They went all throughout Europe. And they collected them. 
They collected the stories. Okay, okay, right, right. So Walter Disney got his hands on those stories and he sanitized them, so to speak. So um, uh, when we look at stories like uh, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, okay. When when we're looking at Beauty and the Beast, you know, there's, a, there's a really dark undertone to this movie. So you're like, okay, well, Crumb, I saw the movie and I enjoyed it. Well, um, I want to familiarize all of our listeners and watchers to a uh, mental condition called Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. What is Stockholm Syndrome? Stockholm Syndrome is where the oppressor or the victim sympathizes with the victimizer to the point of falling in love. What does this have to do with the movie Beauty and the Beast? So Belle was the name of the girl of the of the beauty, right? And, um, she was held prisoner by the beast. In the movie, the beast even said, "I'm not going to let you go until you fall in love with me to break the curse." So now um, <laughs> he held prisoner until she is fully. Uh, 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 subjected to Stockholm syndrome. Whoa, that's some R. Kelly stuff. Um, uh, <laughs> no disrespect to R. Kelly. Uh, actually, that was disrespectful. I'm sorry, man. That, the joke just fell out. Uh, yo, man. <laughs> wow. So we have the roots here of a uh, abusive relationship. Wow. A very abusive. On the film, on on the screen. Yes. Um, now, if we analyze the movie Beauty and the Beast, she went insane to the point where she started talking to certain uh, inanimate objects. She was talking to the candle, which was her guiding light. She was talking to wow. The, she was talking to the teapot. The teapot had represented feminism. Uh, it was it was very curvy. Uh, Coke bottle shaped or curvy like a woman hourglass mm-hmm. um, and the teapot had a sun which was the uh, teacup so the teapot was fertile so to speak there was also the broom so now the uh, the teapot represented her serving him she had to serve him she had to feed him uh, the, uh, the, the, the light represented uh, her guiding light there was also a broom uh, because she was a servant she had to clean up his mess and so on and so forth um, and there was also a clock. The clock was a man, Father Time, because uh, she was held indefinitely. She had to clean up, and she had to serve him. All, all elements of a slave. Now, the last point I want to point out that is most disturbing to me. Wow. Not only Stockholm Syndrome, not only slavery, but bestiality. It's Beauty and the Beast. There's there's a strong um, uh, 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 um, uh, undertone. Oh, no, it's not even undertone. This is overt at this point. To break the curse, you must fall in love and kiss an animal to confirm that you truly love it. Okay, so if I didn't do this at the beginning, I should probably say that this is not politically correct. <laughs> it's probably not safe for work. <laughs> He's been really nice so far, but he's probably going to get profane at some point. Um, uh, yeah, this is one of those podcasts where you really need to make sure that the right people are listening and the wrong people 
the uh, are not listening. All right. Uh, whoa, bestiality, bestiality. She had to kiss an animal in order to gain her freedom. Well, and, 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 and let me just take the word kiss out because we know that Walter Disney sanitized it. She had to perform a sexual act with an animal to gain her freedom. So, you know, just putting it within that synopsis paints the whole picture within a different light to where they've romanticized slavery, they've romanticized a mental condition of oppression, they've, rom- they've romanticized uh, falling in love with an animal. Um, and, you know, I don't want to harp too much on that particular cartoon or movie, but, you know, this is a Disney classic. <sighs> So now when I look at the uh, Me Too movement and I look at what you just shared with us, years ago, things were set in place for for women to accept certain stratas and places in society based upon what they were exposed to. So now we have women saying, I can't leave, I couldn't leave. I felt trapped. I felt coerced into having, you know, Tom Brokoff just got um, accused of uh, doing a whole lot of sexual misconduct. Um, wow. Art imitates life. So what are we grooming our young ladies for? And that's a sad reality. Now, um, in terms of grooming our young ladies, when I was a kid, um, my happily ever after was defeating the bad guy. Mm-hmm. For, for our girls, their happily ever after automatically ends by marrying a man. You cannot be happy. You cannot be complete. You cannot be a hero. You cannot get your happily ever after until you marry a man. Not saying anything's wrong with marriage, but you know, there was never that connection with the Ninja Turtles. The Ninja Turtles beat the bad guy, they win. You know, um, like with Cinderella, uh, you know, she 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 got away from her, um, uh, wait, was it Cinderella, the one who had the slipper? That was Cinderella, right? Uh, uh, or was that Snow White? I can't remember. Um, I think, you know, Snow White was with the Seven Dwarfs. Cinderella. It was Cinderella, it was Cinderella. Okay, all right. So, oh wow, so Cinderella gets away from a bad home life but that's not her marrying up. Her savior, you know, you're absolutely right. My apology, not to cut your wisdom. She, 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 you know, her happily ever after didn't didn't end with her just getting away from her abusive stepmother, her uh, her uh, her uh, wicked stepsisters. Her savior was a man. She had to get married almost all the time. I don't care what movie is, Snow White, Cinderella, uh, 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 The Princess and the Frog, or whatever that movie was called. For them to have their happily ever after, they had to get married to a man. No other way could they. Rapunzel, Rapunzel's savior had you know was somebody you know who she had to marry. Hmm. She you know like or or, or matter of fact, let me think of another movie that you know like Thundercats when the Thundercats their happily ever after was just defeating the bad guy it, it was not based off them subjecting themselves to be, you know oh I've got to marry this person in order to have my 
happy ending. Whoa, yeah. So we're giving very different messages. But I wonder if that's natural for women and men to respond to different energies. And well, you know, and if that's the case, nothing's wrong with that. However, our women need to know that uh, they can be successful. They can be complete without having to have to marry a man. You know, you can have a happy ending by just defeating the bad guy or defeating, you know, whatever the opposition is. You know, you have to get married in order to have a happy ending. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Give me some more juice, man. Give me some more. What, what are some of the other uh, movies or cartoons that had those type of messages in there? Because those are things I never picked up. I'm sure some of the uh, the uh, feminists on steroids are picking up on this stuff as well. You know. You know what I'm talking about. Shape on Twitter. You know. You know them sisters. Um, what's what? One of them sisters has a good podcast. I used to listen to. Um, the Black Joy mixtape. Them sisters, they Ooh, probably have picked up that. on stuff like this. Okay. I gotta check that out. Black I, Joy mixtape. I may sound somewhat of a feminist in that regard because, you know, they're like, oh, well, ain't nothing wrong with a woman getting married. And I'm, no, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Uh, so, you know, that you know, some some people have often confused. Uh, a lot of people have often uh, accused me of being a feminist, but I'm not. You know, I'm just saying that. You know, when we compare the parallels of the his happily ever after to her happily ever after, his is just defeating a bad guy. Hers is getting married. What you know, for her to defeat her bad guy, she has to have her savior. Um, but you know what? I, I'm wondering though if the message is for women to feel happy they have to have a significant relationship and for men to feel happy they have to have a significant accomplishment so yeah um That that yeah that so that might be the message as well. I'm not necessarily saying you're wrong or or the presentation was incorrect, but I'm I'm just saying it's a multi layered message there. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think sometimes too many of us go with the uh, simple message or the message that suits our agenda, and you know maybe because I'm more conservative, I see it as not 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 a uh, um, um, a manipulation. And forcing women into subjugation, I just, <laughs> I see the relationship piece, and and then you being more feministic, not, not feministic, but being more concerned with um, women moving to the highest heights, possibly more than me. I don't know. Um, maybe you would have seen it a different way. I don't know. I don't know. But you're bringing up some good stuff, man. Keep it, keep it coming. Well, and 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 if if I could beat that horse just a little bit before I go move on, and I want to move on to Peter Pan. If I could beat that horse just a little bit, we don't really see a lot of movies where the woman she gets to fight a bad guy and she wins just off the strength of her intelligence. She wins based off the strength of her wit or her cunningness. She had to win based off her beauty, based off her uh, ability to, to attract a man, so on and so forth. And, you know, and that's just me just giving my uh, conclusive rationale of how this is suspect in terms of uh, the portrayal of happily ever after or your happy ending. 
Wow. Now, when I think of, let's say, Taraji P. Henson's recent movie, uh, Proud Mary. Okay. Yes. All right. So, yeah, that was Heat. And yes. you know, I'm a Taraji P. fan. It's okay. In the fan club. So, her happy ever after, her ending wasn't beating up and shooting up the place and, you know, beating up. I mean, we all clapped when that happened. But it really solidified when she was able to develop a relationship with that young man. So the relationship was the icing on the cake for her. Right, right. Touche, touche. All right, so let's then compare that with Black Panther. Right. Okay, so after T'Challa beat up Killmonger the relationship was cool but it didn't solidify him as the king you know but Taraji was the woman or the queen when she was able to have the good relationship you know I I, I guess that's that's not a really good example because you know at the end of the movie T'Challa was having okay cool uh at the end of the movie, T'Challa was having a uh, connection with uh, with Oakland. He was having a relationship with his sister. Um, yeah, that might be a bad example, but I think your point is the happily ever after for men are accomplishments. The happily ever after for women are relationships. And in Disney films, and some of the films you're pointing out, that relationship was a subversive, demeaning, encapsulating relationship. But that's never the case in the happily ever after with the males. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. It's just, of course, my interpretation. Some people may right. see uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, because some people are gonna look at you as a little out there. <laughs> now, let's say for argument's sake, the family's following me and they're like, you know, Crumb, you're right in exact. I feel you a thousand percent. If oh. that's the case, I'm about to really reach a little bit on this next one. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, knowing your uh, knowing your uh, your supporters, man, they follow you 100. <laughs> percent Yo, so salute on all the uh, video watches. You know the views that you're receiving. I think your GoFundMe went pretty well. Um, yeah, you know, I mean you're doing it, man. I- I'm proud of you. Very proud of you. You know, we often end up on different. Plat- not platforms, but different um, viewpoints. <laughs> but go ahead, bro. Go ahead. And I want to segue that into a drastic viewpoint. Let's talk about Peter Pan. All right. So let me, now, let me sip the tea on that. <laughs> uh, with my uh, superhero cup. <laughs> Very fitting. Very fitting. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So go ahead. So Peter Pan. Now, I can't help but to notice his last name is Pan. Ooh. Okay. Picked up on that. Picked up on that. Go ahead. So for the family who haven't made the connection just yet, I'm going to spill the beans. Pan uh, was a demigod from Greek mythology who... um, was a uh, he was like the top of him was a human the bottom of him was like a goat he had goat horns um, and he played uh, what they call Pan's Palace right right Uh, a a flute now um, Pan was known for being 
very sexual. He was very, he was a horny goat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So now, Peter Pan, I would theorize that he was a homosexual pedophile, kidnapper. Peter Pan would kidnap children and take them to Never Neverland. And upon puberty, he would off them. The first child to ever get away from Peter Pan was Captain Hook, who did escape, but not without losing his hand in the process. Captain Hook not only escaped, but he pulled a Harriet Tugman where he goes back and saves other children. These children are, have the ability to mature and they, they are on uh, Captain Hook's ship and they go on an unthinkable mission to escape Never Neverland. Now, Captain Hook wasn't afraid of Peter Pan because he had defeated him several times over. However, if we look at the movie, Captain Hook was afraid of the alligator, not because it was a beast, but because it had a clock inside. Now, we must remember in Never Neverland, nobody gets old. That's what Peter Pan told you, but he was a liar. People do get old because we see Captain Hook there. So clearly they get old. So now Captain Hook is proof that Peter Pan lied to saying, oh, nobody gets old. We don't grow in Never Neverland. Mm-hmm. If you don't grow in Never Neverland, how is Captain Hook an adult? Hmm. Captain Hook was a child because you can only get to Never Neverland with Peter Pan initiating you. So clearly Captain Hook got there when he was a child. Clearly Peter Pan was lying because Captain Hook is an adult and there's plenty of adults on his boat. Now, Captain Hook was afraid of the clock because time was getting away from Hook. Because we're dealing with symbology. You know, it wasn't... Uh, Before you go any further, where in the story was Captain Hook ever... Uh, under the auspices of Peter Pan. Well, we have to remember where the story takes place. Now, the book versus the story, you know, there's a different time span. So where the book will show you the complete time span, the movie only covers a short amount of time. Okay. Okay. The movie comes in towards where the book would, I would say, close to the ending. You know, um... So um, if I can get away from the book, I'm sorry, excuse me, from the movie just a little bit and not analyze the book, but analyze the Arthur, because Peter Pan was not written by Brothers Grimm. Peter Pan was written by a homosexual pedophile person over in uh, Europe. Uh, This this was a boy. uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. This was a man when he was 12. His, his older brother had died. Uh, I think he drowned in a lake or something like that. The mother had developed some type of, uh, she kind of lost it. Now this is the author of the, of the original book that the movie was based off since we're talking about the book now. So um, the author, his mother would dress him up in his brother's clothes so that you know she could feel a, a, a connection to her lost son, which you would have to understand what type of psychological ramifications would that have on this child? You, you're wearing your dead brother's clothes? That's a little creepy, mom. Wow. So now this boy, who's the author of the, move, uh, of the book, Peter Pan, he grows up. 
And when he grows up, um, uh, he has this relationship with his family. And the family has three sons. And the youngest son, his name is Peter. This is in real life. This is not a movie. This is in real life. Mm. This, this story motivated Walter Disney to make this movie. So now, um, the author of the, of the book, Peter Pan, he has this relationship, and this family is not his family. They're no, they're no blood to him. They're just, you know, people he knows. So he develops an a a a a a, a peculiar and um, somewhat disgusting relationship with the boys. And there are letters that are still um, uh, available uh, uh, where he wrote to the boys and. And um, if you review these letters, they seem a little bit too personal, you know, uh, because he's not any blood to them. He's not any relation. So his 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 affinity with these with these three boys, especially the youngest, whose name is Peter, um, is um, a very borderline pedophile, if not overtly pedophile, like for me, just to just to be respectful, I'm gonna say it was borderline. But to the average person who uh, were to read these letters, they'd be like, "Oh no, nah, he could not write that letter to my baby." Mm-hmm. Nigga, excuse me, you, you already know I'm coming out with it. If that, nigga, if that nigga would have write that letter to my baby, nah, lock his ass, clean, put his ass under the jail. Something wrong with his ass. So um, now this this story this book and the backstory motivates walter disney to make this movie so now you know we got some insight as as far as the background and how creepy the undertones of of this inspiration is so so is his book sowing the seeds of rape culture that we're experiencing now in today's america Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if anyone were to really take a good look at the author of the book, Peter Pan, and his relationship with those three boys, they would come to it would easily. You know, like, oh, well, some, some people who have not looked at it and only watching this video would maybe say Prem is reaching. But if you were to actually do your, your research and look into this dude, they'd be like, oh, no, he had a sexual relationship with those children, and that's what motivated him to write that book in the first place. The book was inspired by a pedophile homosexual. And then the guy's name is Pan, and we know the Greek god, or demigod Pan, is a pervert, with all due respect. Oh, that's respectful. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... Wow. So, um, wow, wow, okay, okay. If, if I could bring this up, you know, now, now, you know, if I, if, if I haven't lost the people, I think I'm about to lose them with this next point. It's important to note that a lot of conspiracy theorists, because, you know, I don't call myself a conspiracy theorist, but some people may call me that, and I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. So now, Walter Disney was suspended in animation. I don't know. You know, that's what people say. He was suspended. They call it um, crinogenics. They had freezed him in ice. 
Mm-hmm. This is what people say. There's no evidence. I don't have any evidence, but I've heard through the grapevine, take this with a grain of salt to all the, all of the listeners, he was suspended in animation and they froze him in ice uh, or some type of, you know, whatever. And they're waiting for technology to come and they'll thaw him out and reanimate Walter Disney. So, you know, the guy who was famous for creating animation was suspended in animation. I find that to be very interesting. Um, Another point I wanted to make, Walter Disney had a close relationship with um, Vaughn Braun. I think I got to look his name up. Um, Walter Disney Nazi. Uh, now we okay matter of fact can I share my screen real quick brother share the screen okay okay here we go um, share screen and here we go alright can you see my screen yes hmm. are, are you familiar with um, Hitler's book it was called Mein Kampf yes right now um, there was a uh uh, depiction of Donald Duck in um, a Nazi propaganda film uh, displaying Walter Disney Walter Walter's close affinity with Nazi Germany a lot of people will um, tell you that Walter Disney was associated with uh, Nazis and Hitler now um, a lot of us may be familiar with Operation Paperclip. Let's just look this up really quickly. So, Operation pa- Paperclip was a op- uh, was a secret intelligence program that brought Nazi scientists to America. Now, which Nazi scientist was the most famous of them all? Um, uh, hold on, Operation Paperclip von Braun. I think that's his name. Let me see if I got it right. Yeah, okay, I'm good. Von Braun. So you can see here, this man is Von Braun. Now I'm going to erase Operation Paperclip, type in Von Braun, Walter Disney. So now we're going to see a connection between Operation Paperclip, the Nazi rocket scientist, Von Braun. There he is right there. And who's beside him? Walter Mm. Disney. So when I say that this guy had a unusual relationship with these Nazis, you know, I want to draw a connection with Operation Paperclip of where the Nazi scientists or rocket scientists came over to America and um, uh, who took a particular interest in 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 these Nazis. Um, none other than um What's this boy name? Walter Disney. So I think here's a meme. I've never read this. Bear with me. It says Walt Disney and ex-head of NASA. uh, Oh, Werner. uh, I'm sorry. Werner Von Braun. Both 33 degree Masons. Uh, Werner Von Braun had met Walter Disney to enlist his help in faking the 1969 Apollo 11 moon landing. Um, 
space may be the final frontier, but it's made in a Hollywood basement. Uh, and it says Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think that was a line from one of their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me see one more point and then I'm going to get back to Walter Disney. Uh, Von Braun on Moon Set. There he is. There he is. Von Braun, the uh, Nazi uh, 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 rocket scientist on the set of where it it was supposedly that this um, moon landing was to take place at. A a lot of people propose that this never happened. Uh, And if we take a deeper look into it, because um, uh, Disney is where these um, where dreams are made. You know, so when they sell us a dream, we have to understand who's really behind it. Not only was it Nazis, but it was Walter Disney. Now, um, when we're dealing with crinogenics, it was uh, Von Braun, who uh, supposedly was the one who assisted with putting um, uh, uh, Walter Disney on ice. Uh, 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 I'm sorry putting Walter Disney in suspended animation. Hmm. So um, when I say, uh, you know, there's a lot of funny business associated with Walter Disney, you know, it's not just Beauty and the Beast. It's not just Peter Pan. And it's not just, uh, you know, um, you know, these movies, you know, that are uh, anti-feminist, so to speak. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, Walter Disney is really an enigma shrouded in uh, mystery covered in questions. You know, there's a lot of, you know, what was really going on with this dude. You know, when we truly investigate, you know, what his inspirations were, what his aspirations were. I'll let you, you know, if you want to add anything to that. I'm learning. I'm just learning. (laughs) Yeah, you've gone a lot deeper in some of this information than I've ever been exposed to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, And it really blew my mind. Now, the other thing I have wanted to um, talk about. uh, Okay, so here's a, a fake picture of the globe. And as we can see, it supposedly spells sex. Now, another thing with uh, these Disney movies um, is there are a lot of sexual innuendos in these movies. Sex innuendos in Disney movies. So let's see what we can come up with. Um, Now, this one may be a little bit reaching. I'm not going to reference that one, but here's one. Here's one. It's just a little bit Hmm. suspect. You know, there's a sexual innuendo. Oh, it's a very suggestive, whatever. Um, um, Where's the other one? Um, Within, I wish I could get this one by itself. But within the Disney Tower, you know, if you look closely, uh, you can see a penis inside the castle. You know, Mm. there's a penis in there. Uh, Let me see if I can see it. See it better. Well, you can kind of see it in this one. You know. So what what they're doing in uh, 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 these Disney artists is I'm sorry, and just like we saw within that, let me see, can I find it again, really quickly, really quickly, follow me. Uh, so now we see sex right here within the actual fake picture of the globe. This is a, 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 a an official NASA image that is uh, fake. Now, how do I know this is a fake picture of Earth? Because if we look at space, we don't see any stars. 
space has no stars in it within this picture. That's a fake picture. That's a CGI. So now, bear with me. So now, when we look at uh, um, that scene within Lion King, there it is again. There it is again. Sex. So there's a lot of sexual innuendos within a lot of this Disney movies. Uh, I'm sorry, a lot of these Disney movies. So uh, let me see what movie this is. Uh, let me see, can I move this? Um, I'm not sure what movie this is, but this dude has a boner. If you see the, in, in a circle, he has a boner. Mm-hmm. You know, um, let me see what I can see here. Oh, well, that's that's uh, highlighting a different movie. That's, that's not really sexual, but... Uh, um, there's a lot of uh, of these sexual innuendos in um, these movies, and I'm trying to see if anyone just really sticks out. But nonetheless, there's a lot of that. Okay, here we go. Disney sexual references, and you know, I didn't make this up. I'm just pulling it up off the fly as I talk to you. I didn't really prepare a PowerPoint presentation. If anybody knows Chrome, they know I love PowerPoint presentations. I could have prepared something for you, but this is off the fly. And off the fly, with no research, it's it's relatively easy to see. I'm not the only one who has drawn a connection to a lot of these. Um, kids movies that hides sexual innuendos throughout the whole thing um so you know i i just want to bring that point to the people to let them know oh well you know it's not crumb reaching it's 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 really there it's it's definitely there um i i wish i could find some more uh but nonetheless uh you know you you uh get the picture i'm gonna take it off the ship Give me two seconds because I want to, uh, you know, bring it back to you and me. So, you know. Wow. That's, that's, whew, what are we subjecting our children to, man? That's. Are you familiar with um, Professor Griff? He was one of the members yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know we brought him down to Hampton Roads a couple of times. So maybe they're not familiar with Crumb. Maybe Crumb is not. You know, because some people, you got to have a degree, you got to have a name, you got to be popular. And Crumb may not just be that person that you're going to listen to. But if you go and reference, well, not reference, but go and research Professor Griff. Professor Griff does a lot of, um, uh, uh, he, uh, he has a lot of lectures where he talks about um, how these movies will um what they'll do is they'll draw um a math matter of fact my, my apologies i just want to share my screen one more time i just go ahead i have to show you this i have to show you this because you know um i learned this myself from professor griff oh come on follow me uh, i'm gonna go to videos i'm gonna go to uh p-r-o-f-e professor griff disney so, um, let's see what, nope, that's not the one I want. My apologies. Almost ready. Professor Griff. Here we go. Well, I don't think this is, this is Professor Griff, but Professor Griff references this. Images in Disney films. It's the most infamous is the uh, penis-shaped tower on the VHS cover of The Little Mermaid. But I'll bet you didn't see the other cock hidden on that box. Guess what? 
boom. You see that? Can you see that penis that it looks oh like he my. has? Are you sure that was in the movie? It's on the crowd. And people will tell you the priest in The Little Mermaid, he had a boner. But how did everyone miss Dumbo's dick? The Lion King, you know, it spells sex in the sky. You know, that's debatable. But check out just a few frames later. You know, is that debatable? You know, there's no two ways about it. Disney's hiding dicks in their flicks. Most people don't catch them. It's very subtle. Do you see a penis right there, brother? I do. Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> the way they sneak them in. And then every single Disney movie, I'm finding so, dicks. What I want to show you, I want to fast forward real quick. I'm going to turn the audio off. I'm just going to fast forward. Uh, so now, what they'll do, as you can see here, they'll draw a penis, and then they'll hide it in plain sight and draw the character. And this is going on. You know, Professor Griff was the one who brought this to my attention. You know, so there's a woman's vagina, and they're keeping drawing, they're drawing, they're drawing, and now they change it into something innocent. But what 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 we must understand is that um, the subconscious mind, or what we call the third eye, the third eye don't blink. The third eye is picking up on 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 these sexual innuendos. Uh, what they the, the the best place to hide something is in plain sight. So you know, though you know we think, oh, that was just an innocent cartoon character. If you look closely, you'd be like, hold on. Is there a penis hiding in there? Is there a vagina hiding in there? Um, you know, so this guy who we who, who, who I've showed connections to Hitler. Uh, I've showed where, you know, he's 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 uh, 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 perpetuating Stockholm syndrome. He's perpetuating bestiality. You know, he's hiding uh, 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 these sexually charged images inside the cartoons. Uh Art imitates life. They're 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 pushing these things, but the, what is the worst thing? They're pushing it on the kids. You know, this is not Family Guy. This is not American Dad. This is geared towards your four-year-old. Are you following me, family? This is this 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 is the type of sick. Uh, um, uh, evil genius that we're dealing with in terms of Hollywood or what I like to call Hollyweird. These are some weird people who, who, you know, you and I couldn't conceive this type of thing because, you know, we operate from a, a pure place. But when we're dealing with these people, this this is what comes out of their psyche. Wow. You know, it's disturbing at best. It's disturbing. All right, so we have five minutes left, brother. Um, ooh, uh, bring us, bring us on, bring us on. Well, with that said, in conclusion, Disney is a sick, demented, and twisted uh, organization. It's a conglomerate. Keep in mind, Disney owns probably your trash company, and they're perpetuating. Uh, 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 a, a sick and vile agenda to uh, to our family at an adolescent stage. 
Um, keep in mind also, last point, you know, Disney is the home of uh, LGBT. The first gay parade was at Disney in, in, in Orlando. Um, I didn't want to do a plug really quickly for myself. I am your brother, Crumb Snatcher. I'm on Facebook, just Crumb Snatcher. I'm on Instagram, Crumb underscore Snatcher underscore. And um, I'm on YouTube. Um, I did a video called uh, "Decoding Black Panther." It got more. It got more than a quarter of a million views. So I have my own URL. It's uh, YouTube.com forward slash Crumb Snatcher. Um, I, I decode. I decipher. I do breakdowns. Um, and you know, as you have called me, I'm. Um, well, what did you say I was? Super conscious. <laughs> It's like you're woke on steroids. <laughs> Steroid woke. That's what I said. <laughs> if you want to follow Crumb, you know, what you should expect is woke on steroids. I'm just looking at everything we've seen, you know, in terms of uh, entertainment, in terms of real life, and just really looking to see if there's something behind it. You know, a lot of people may not have put that connection there, even with the Nazis. So um, just to be be mindful and to pay attention to what these people have put on this box that we call the TV. It is one of the most strongest and dangerous mediums that we're dealing with and it's right inside of our home and we have no idea at, at, at the extent that they've gone to um, uh, 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 make an impression on our children. Wow, wow, wow. You, you, you just taught me some new stuff today, brother. I picked up on some of the stuff, but the depth in which you went into it is admirable. Uh, I, I'm telling you, bro, I'm just blown away. So yeah, if you're interested in this super wokeness, this uh, <laughs> woke on steroids, drinking coffee type woke, crump stature is <laughs> two way to go. Uh, thank you for being on the Fly Guys show, man, where we discuss fly things in a fly manner on the fly. Stay 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 fly. That's my way of saying peace. <laughs> oh, man. Stay fly. 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 Stay fly.